Welcome to Political Coffee, your one-hour thought-provoking news and commentary as you begin your day. And now, here's your host, Jeff Croft. Hey, good morning, everybody. Great to be with you today on Halloween Day. Um, And that's all we're going to say about it. Not my favorite holiday. In fact, at our church tonight, we start praying at 9 o'clock until about midnight because it seems at least here that's when the bad stuff happens on the hallow weird night as i call it i don't participate in that anymore and i don't recommend that you do either except under the safest of circumstances that's going to be rainy out there today thank goodness we got rain coming Great to have you with us. Lots to talk about today. Did you know, uh, do you know, rather, have you made up your mind on all the measures that we're going to be voting on? There are four of them here in the ballot. Now, if you haven't, State Senator Dennis Linthicum has a great, well, his take on all of them, and they're all no, folks, especially the nicest sounding one is um, Measure 112 about changing Oregon's constitution because of our, um, you know, our checkered past. And Oregon does have one with the words that it had in the constitution. Because you know what it does down the road, according to, and I think he's right, Senator Linthicum, It would have, and I quote from his newsletter, disastrous impacts on Oregon's criminal justice budgets and will eventually be a backdoor for defunding the police. Now, why on earth would you want to vote for anything like that? Because that's been proven to be just the amazing success it is, right? Defunding the cops. In fact, it's so bad that Stacey Abrams running again uh, against the uh, rhino governor of Georgia, she lashes out in the debate last night. I never said that I believe in defunding the police. He's lying again. <laughs> You know, it's the rare Democrat who didn't call for defunding the police. Brian Kemp indeed did say it correctly. He is accurately claiming that she did support defunding the cops and diverting the funds to other purposes. In fact, they've got a CNN politics uh, Twitter, and you can click on it. 
You can watch her say those words. But hey, we're being asked today to believe not in what you saw. You know, the actual word, somebody saying something. No, 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 don't, don't believe that because it was taken out of context. Like Shamia Fagan putting out her um, weekend long. In, in fact, there was a... Hmm. Where did I get that? I'm going to share something with you. I'm just going to tease you about it because I'm going to get in depth in it tomorrow night at the political coffee clatch. The last one we're going to have before the election. I'm going to share with you a disruptive technology. Now, I asked Dr. Frank about it, and I haven't gotten a response from him, but it was Sunday yesterday. This is a disruptive technology that is relatively cheap and easy to figure out how people are almost on a daily basis changing their minds about things prior to the election so that they can then be targeted with ads, they can be targeted with emails and certainly with social media ads. We're going to talk about that it's called fractal. It is pretty amazing. It's an American thinker piece by Jay Valentine. It really is something. And we're going to talk about it tomorrow night at Political Coffee Class. So come and join us if you would. Those of you who care about elections and know that if Higgins, the Secretary of State, her missive over the weekend about our elections are so secure, they're the most secure in the country in Oregon. Do any of you believe that? I don't. Given that the guy that got fired, who wrote a memo to her, the guy that got fired for that, for saying that our election system in Oregon is running on old Microsoft technology, not even supported anymore. What? Yeah, true. People don't believe it. This is at least in part what we are trying to um, facilitate at the local grassroots level. Is we the people standing up and finding the truth. Now the sequel files. I mean, I, I, let me just say this to you. I believe that when Mike Lindell releases the PCAPs, these are the packet capture um, technology from the 2020 election, you're going to see Oregon locations, literally, literally, that are, that were hacked. And for her to say, and she says it, uh, our systems are unhackable. Everything is transferred. It's highly secure. Well, that's not exactly the truth. And that the voter rolls are 
everything. I mean, they're, they're, you, have, you can have faith in the voter rolls are accurate. No, you can't. Because this is what we're going to talk about with the fractal technology, the disrupting technology. It's a fascinating piece. And I think, um, I think it was Eric that sent it to me. This piece. Uh, I mean, it, it, it really, I mean, I've read it a couple of times. And it's going to blow you away. And it's there. And Mike Lindell is, in, is doing it. Is employing this. Now, how it gets used is another matter. We still need the SQL database from the, the Tim Sipple trial. Because that shows what Mike Lindell's PCAPs is going to show. It shows every one of those, at least in Washington County, those ballot tabulation machines. It shows who accessed them. It is the data log files. Now, the judge ruled that that belongs, that's proprietary. It belongs to the software manufacturer. No, it doesn't. That's got to get appealed. We'll find out if it is going to be. By the way, Avis, thank you. Um, she writes me a note, and I want to make sure that you think about this and you are aware of it. She says, if you get ballots for anyone who, if it arrives at your home, who does not live there, do not throw away those ballots. We need them as evidence that the voter rolls are not accurate. And all the work that Oregon People's Vote is doing that has gone out and has literally found people who are registered to vote in people's homes that do not live there. That is illegal. That flies in the face of what Shamia Fagan is trying to pass off. Now, Shamia Fagan, I'm going to predict this to you, is going to be proven to be either she is a profoundly good liar or she is completely and totally devoid of rational, independent thought because she's simply being led around by her staff. She believes the Kool-Aid. Now, I, I know this woman enough. She's as close to communist as you can get. She's the leftist who believes, who introduced the legislation that 16-year-olds should be allowed to vote. Why? Because they're mature. It's their right. But then she's also the leftist that voted for Senate Bill 1008. 1008 that turns loose the murderers at age 25 who committed murders, vicious, unrepentant murderers as teenagers because their brains are not fully developed. So which is it? Are your brains fully developed when you're voting at 16, but they're not when you convict or when you commit a murder at 16, at 17, at 18, and you get turned loose at age 25, no matter how many people you kill, the next Kip Kinkle that steals a gun, which measure 114 isn't going to help, and shoots up a school, kills a bunch of kids. No, we're going to turn them loose at age 25 because they're mature enough then 
but they weren't mature enough when they committed the crime. But they're mature enough to vote when they're 16. This is who Shamia Fagan is, folks. And you're going to believe anything this woman says? I'm sorry. I don't. She is a committed leftist, if there ever was one. Now, I'm not the only one who's figuring this out. And by the way, the number to call is 503-589-1220. 503-589-1220. That's the power Buick GMC talk line. Or you can send me an email to jeff at 1220.am or jeff at kslm.news. There is a shock poll, folks, that is showing that nearly 80% of Americans... Yeah, Kathy, hang on. I'm, I'm going to get to you on the other side of the break here, okay? Nearly 80% of Americans believe the country is out of control. Now, that's a stunning number, 79%. This is the CBS News Battleground Tracker YouGov poll. This is not a conservative poll, folks. 79% believe the country's out of control with only 21% saying things are under control. Now, the other piece of this puzzle that really relates to us in Oregon as many as it does any other places in, in America, this poll shows a sharp, hard break by independent voters to Republicans. And it's happened in just the last two weeks. It's a stunning thing to see. That could do. For Oregon, not just for the governor's race, but all of the legislative races, and frankly, for school boards. All of that on the back side of this break. Back with Kathy in a moment, 503 589 Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. Twenty-two minutes past the top of the hour. Great to have you with us today on Halloween Day. Uh, by the way. Covered Bridge Cafe and Michael Angelo's painting are sponsoring our special election night broadcast week from tomorrow, starting at seven o'clock in the Salem Convention Center. There's a whole bunch of campaigns so far, about six campaigns that are a part of that event. Come and join us. Would love to meet some of you that I have not met yet that are in this audience. Thank you for listening, first of all. Thank you for patronizing all of our great sponsors. Come on down. It starts The election night broadcast starts at 7 p.m. at the Salem Convention Center next Tuesday night, election night. Again, thank you to Covered Bridge Cafe and Michelangelo's painting. As I promised, I will go right to the phones. We'll start with Kathy and go, then go to Jess. Kathy, good morning. Good morning, Jeff. Okay, so I've got two voter voting-related questions. Okay. Um, the first one is, on Twitter, I was reading where um, to correct an inc a mistake on our ballots, 
We just have to draw a line through our mistake and then fill in the right one. So what would happen if I fill in the right one and I cross through the names of the others to keep anybody from changing my vote? Do you think that people would go that far to change votes? Do you know what I'm asking? Well, yeah, I, I, I do. I don't know that I have an answer to it um, in that, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what the rules are. I guess I guess maybe if Anna is listening or somebody else from Oregon People's Vote that has been uh, in extensive discussions with Bill Burgess, uh, the Marion County Clerk, or maybe uh, Val Unger, who's the Polk County Clerk. Uh, ask them that question. I mean, it, it's a fair question. I, I don't know what that does to the vote tabulation machine. Okay. So you fill it in right is what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. And then you cross out everybody else's name so no one else could change your ballot down the road. I, I don't right. know how the machine would read that. I think that's an interesting idea. Uh, I, I would assume that there would... I, I'm not going to assume anything. I, I don't want to speak out of turn here. I, I don't know the answer to it. We'll, we'll we'll find out. Maybe someone can ask your question of the county clerk. Yeah, I don't know if anybody would go to that much trouble, you know, to take a ballot out and then change it like that. But it's just a easy way to change a vote, you know. It it, it would. So I my guess is that the procedures that would happen. At the county clerk's office, Kathy, would be that if, if somebody did that, if, if someone mistakenly, let's say, for instance, voted twice, voted two times, uh, is say, say for governor, all right? They, they voted for Betsy and they voted for Christine uh, by mistake, uh-huh. that, that somehow uh, there's a procedure in place where that ballot gets set aside and with observers watching, uh, they try to figure out what you intended. There's got to be a procedure for that, because I'm sure it happens. I just don't know what it is. Okay, my second second question question is, a long time ago, when I first started listening to you, we were talking about the ballot envelopes being marked with a color. And before I thought it was just the primary ones, but this one here has got in the upper left-hand corner a color code of some kind now are are you talking about the ballot or the blue envelope that you send back it's not the blue envelope the blue envelope is the security envelope i'm talking about the outside envelope oh the outside envelope you mean that, that that comes that comes it says ballot enclosed on it yep well, mine, my, I'm looking at mine from the Lynn County clerk, and it just has in red, official, election mail, nonprofit, ballot enclosed. That's all it has. It, it's in red, isn't it? There is a mine UPC a code. Brownish, a brownish-orange strip on the very top of the uh, envelope. I, I don't have that. That That's very interesting. That must be something. Are you in uh, Marion County? Yes. Okay, that must be something 
Somebody needs to ask Bill Burgess that question also. Why do you, why do you do that and other counties don't? Because I certainly don't have that. Kathy, good questions. Yeah, Thank you for asking them. The Appreciate it. Want to remind you, Eric Azer, Righteous Renovations, is a contractor you can trust. Go to his website and see it for yourself. RighteousRenovations.com. RighteousRenovations.com. Let's go to Jess. Jess, good morning. Good morning, Jess. Sounds like so, you're on the road, buddy. Uh, yeah, I am. I'll just make this real quick. Okay. Uh, reference to 112. My takeaway is if the George Soros DA embodiment, in other words, one spell swoop, vis a vis our Constitution, is the uh, George Soros DA. Fight on crime craft will become permanent. So that's uh, my right. And and why that's do you say that? Right. Why why do you have that way, that thought? The way they play around with uh, the wording concerning trying to find out some other ways to uh, either work these people. Let them out, pay them, etc. When they're thrown in the hall, do bad things. So it's uh, you could great. be right. Yeah. So thank you. Could be right, Jess. Thanks so much. That's Jess's opinion. What's yours? Five zero three five eight nine twelve twenty. That is the power of Buick GMC Talk Line. Back in a moment. Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. We are back. It is 24 minutes before the top of the hour. Yeah, the cold days are coming here. And if your heating system just ain't keeping up, keeping up, you're going to be miserable. So don't wait until you're miserable. Call Freedom Heating and Air. They'll come out to your place right away, and they'll get it fixed. Whatever you need, they can do for you. It's how they've built this incredibly great business for almost 50 years here in the Mid-Valley. Freedomheatingandair.net is their website. A lot of great stuff there, by the way. Uh, like your own DIY stuff, stuff you can do yourself to keep your system you know, running in good condition. DIY. Give them a call, 503-580-1456. If, if just things are not working right now, don't wait. They'll come out and they'll get it fixed, 503-580-1456. Mike Erickson is in the new, he's the Republican running against Andrea Salinas in the newly drawn um, 6th Congressional District. 538, this is a story, by the way, in the Oregon Catalyst. I'll have it up on the, uh, the show plan. And there's a reason why, folks. And, and it's not because of Mike Erickson's great advertising. 
Folks, I'm telling you, I really believe it is because of the shock poll that I mentioned. Independence breaking hard for Republicans in the last two weeks all across the country. And the same is true here. Now, Mike Erickson has been in the lead consistently now for some time. Through August, through September and October. Why is that? Well, the Oregon Catalyst story misses it entirely. I mean, it really, really is true. They're just completely missing it. Because they're saying, well, it's because he's speaking about the issues that matter. He's talking about national debt. What? Nobody cares about the national debt. What we care about is crime, inflation, homelessness. You know, the Oregon Catalyst just missing it entirely here. I don't know who wrote the, well, it's, Taxpayer Association of Oregon PAC, OregonWatchdog.com. They're just, they're missing it. Anyway, so he's up by 4%, according to 538. Now, he's held a consistent lead for months now. And it's really not narrowing. I predict to you that this is one of those races in Oregon, like a lot of our house races are going to be. I'm predicting to you this is one of those races that is going to show the effect of independence breaking hard for Republicans. It's just one of them. Now, before I go back to the phones, let me tease you a little further for tomorrow night. And by the way, Rich writes me an email, <laughs> says that about my comment about Shamia Fagan either being a very accomplished liar or incredibly ignorant. He says she is both a professional liar and I believe a good communist who believes what she's told. Yeah, I think that's probably true. The American Thinker piece that I'm going to be talking about tomorrow night at the Political Coffee Clatch is about this disruptive technology called Fractal. And it, l l let me just, I mean, it, it is powerful in what, it, as a tool that it can give us, those of us on the conservative side. Jay Valentine is the author of this piece in The American Thinker, and he says, we were on a road trip crunching Nevada voter data and watching amazing results real time in the car. What? He writes, sleep well. Nobody ever changed the game in any industry or election by applying demonstrably obsolete technology. He says, the future of computing and election computing is not size and scale. It is blinding speed across trillions of records from hundreds to thousands of databases using daily or hourly snapshot analysis delivered to your cell phone or tablet to determine if a person changed their mind this morning. There is no need, he writes, for long-term predictive data models in a world where opinions on crucial issues change hourly. 
Now, I'm going to leave it there, folks. Because this is incredibly powerful in what it offers. Fractal is what it's called. And that's all I'm going to tell you about it. You want to learn more? You got to come to the political coffee clutch tomorrow night, six o'clock, the honky tonk bar and grill on McGillcrest in Salem. Dale writes me a text says, um, Uh, The Democrat attack ads on Roku channels and venues are running an absolute fever pitch of utterly shameless lies. Never seen it so bad. Audacious, despicable lying. So let me ask you this question. Are are you seeing that? I mean, are you seeing so much of this stuff that it's just driving you crazy? Really? Julie writes an email, says, about teenage brains. It is true. Teens don't have fully developed brains. Any parent who's have reared one can testify to that. The difference between today's teens and those of yesterday is that they don't have a fully developed set of morals. You can place the blame for that at the feet of the parents who don't tend to this into the amoral school system, which undermines some parents and contributes to the immorality of the teens. Maturity and teenagers are mutually exclusive terms. A 16-year-old voting? No way. Well, if Shamia Fagan gets her way, they'll be allowed to. That's why this election matters. You can already you can register to vote today at 16, by the way. You just can't vote. That's the next step. All right, to the phones, 503-589-1220 is the power. Buick Jim talk line. We'll start with Glenn, and then we'll go to Rich. Glenn, good morning. Yes, Jeff, but the article uh, about um, Grants Pass, uh, the wokeness even in a conservative, more conservative county, that was in one, uh, I think it was uh, Gateway Pundit. Uh, elections have results, Jeff. Even if we get a change of the governor, are these government agencies, education agency and the uh, uh, health agencies, weren't they really responsible for what happened in the last event that the health agency called the shots and not the governor? because the governor and the legislature never voted to shut down the state? Was it not actually agency resolutions that did it? Yeah, and that's why you've even got Tina. I mean, it's so bad. You got Tina Kotek saying that uh, director of the Oregon Health Authority, Pat Allen, has got to be fired for that very reason. I mean, that's how the bad worst, it is. You're right. Unelected bureaucrats. Yeah. Because the governor where, lets where that is our, happen. Where is our ability to call these unelected bureaucrats to account to us who who pay the tax? I'm tired of it. Well, we're all tired of it, but frankly, we have no... You and I cannot impeach. The legislature cannot impeach or recall because we don't have... An, we're the only state in the nation doesn't doesn't have an impeachment process. Most people don't know that, but it's true. Then we can't how do we get a Betsy Johnson or whoever's going to become the new governor to rake in these agencies and hold them accountable or put something in the legislature, legislative bill that will not let them have authority 
over the people who pay their salaries. Well, that's the only way we're going to fix the real problem you've accurately described. It is going to take a strong leader who's going to come in and clean house. Now, that's what Christine Drazen says she's going to do. And one of the reasons that I have supported Betsy along and still support Betsy is because I know Betsy will do that because I've had that conversation with her. Thanks, Glenn. I appreciate it. You're right on the money. Let's go to Rich. Rich, good morning. Morning. I got two things. On my voter's ballot, Ed Deal is a Republican and a Democrat. Did you know that? Yeah, he's the Republican one in the primary, and he uh, had 25 people write in his name to make, to become the Democrat. No kidding. I, oh, okay, I just wanted to make sure I didn't have a major misprint. No, no, you know, no, no, no. He, you know, you know he how was, the ballot is. Yes. He, he is both. He can't lose. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just saying is I, I just want to make sure there was no misprint because you know how flaky no. the ballot. Yeah. The, yeah I'm, I'm, the, the next thing is the Taxpayers Voters Guide by Oregon Watchdog. Yes. I don't. I think I'm going to quit look, looking at their information because statewide ballot measures, they don't have a no on all four measures. They just have a no on two of the measures. If you read all four measures... You have to vote on those four. Well, you would think so. And Dennis Linthicum's piece, Thoughts on Ballot Measures, articulates why. You're absolutely right. Thanks, Rich. Back in a moment. It is 648. Don't go away. Let the music take control. We're going Come on and sing my song. Call Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. Ten minutes till the top of the hour. Great to have you with us. 503-589-1220 is the Power Buke GMC talk line. Um, <laughs> got an email from Michael. Says, I'm going to vote two times, and I don't care. And the reason I don't care is be- because I because if this stupid state cannot keep dead peoples off the voting registration rolls, then why should this man give a blank? Well, I suppose if you're a liberal Democrat, you could vote two times and probably get away with it. But if you're a conservative, no, they'll, they'll, they'll find a way to get you. You know, be, because they know. <laughs> um, here's a, by the way, uh, I guess Laura Ingram, this is a story on the OregonWatchdog.com. I guess Laura Ingram just roasted Tina Kotek. There's a video you can watch about that. Um, There's also 
there's a story here about Oregon to institute one of the most extreme gun laws. And this is out of all places. Arizona Sun Times. Okay. And. I mean, it, it's catching on. Here's the question. Is it going to, I mean, literally, is this going to um, pass? It was only polling at 50%, 51% earlier. That was in the Oregonian poll. Now, Dennis Lithicum's piece, I mean, let, let, let me just read you. Uh, and I will have this on the show plan, so you can re read it yourself if you go to um, kslm.news and then click on local podcast, click on political coffee, click on today's show. You're going to click three times. And you can read all this stuff I'm talking about, including Dennis Lithicum's piece here. He says... Ballot measures of 111, 112, 113, and 114 are presented in the voters' pamphlet without any critical analysis. The information provided is like a restaurant menu written by various maitre d's in a vain effort to tease people into the shop. Everything presented sounds like a home-backed detectable or delectable, but it is really a coagulated mess of costly ingredients that will be difficult to chew and harder to swallow. Not to mention the long-term digestive ailments that will plague the citizens for decades. Okay. He says, Measure 111 is just a bad idea that's been dressed in the garnish on a silver platter, but it's only socialist tripe. That's changing the Constitution to say that health care is a right. Then he goes, then Measure 112. It looks attractive in the dim light of history but will have disastrous impacts on Oregon's criminal justice budgets and will eventually be a backdoor into defunding the police. And frankly, that's all you need to say to anybody that you think is on the fence with Measure 112. It's just a backdoor to defunding the cops. Measure 113 is simply an attempt to mask the majority rule by overpowering the voices of the minority to force the minority party legislators into compliance and deny rights to engage in civil disobedience. This is the bill that says, or this is the constitutional change, that says they can't walk out anymore. All you need to say is vote no, because this takes away the rights of the minority and allows the tyranny of the majority. Let me say that again. It's all you need to tell people who are on the fence. Vote no on Measure 113. It takes away the rights of the minority to defend themselves against the tyranny of the majority. And finally, Measure 114, he says, it is an unconscionable measure that will negatively warp and destroy the lives of anyone seeking avenues for self-defense, most especially women, racial and ethnic minorities who get caught up in the dragnet as their rights to self-defense get obstructed by an ungodly 
menagerie of expensive rules and unattainable law enforcement requirements. The Oregon State Sheriff's Association estimates that this measure will cost nearly $40 million every year by local sheriff's departments alone to just implement it. The measure is masquerading as crime prevention measure, but instead it will effectively defund the police. This is what you need to say. Vote no on measure 114 because it effectively defunds the police with its requirements. The most extreme gun law that makes it almost impossible to buy a gun in Oregon. To buy the gun, you have to have a permit to just buy a gun. He goes on to say, please don't be snookered by grandiose schemes for having government solve your neighbor's condition. Government can't do it because when we force statewide power into every crevice of an individual's life, You'll introduce more absurdities that require more government power, more taxpayer money, and more newfangled solutions that will never fix the original problem. Therefore, be comfortable and rest assured knowing that your no vote, along with some common sense, will put a stop to the tyranny which oozes from every pore of an unaccountable bureaucratic state. Over the next several days, I'll provide a more in-depth analysis of each measure, starting with a full-fledged analysis of the disastrous wording of Measure 111. I'm going to bring those to you every day. Rich writes a further email, says, let the Dems remember that they too might be the minority in the near future about Measure 111. Yeah, they might be. They just might be. By the way, uh, there's a great piece in the Northwest Observer, northwestobserver.com, northwestobserver.com. This is uh, Mike Nierman's piece. It's his uh, website. It's the analysis of the Coos County clerk under security. A recent lawsuit cast a shadow over her appointment. It's a great piece here. Why would a Republican county commissioner join with and who's by all accounts a pretty good guy john sweet join with a democrat melissa kibbins cribbins rather and appoint the former head of the local democrat party to be the interim county clerk now i said that i was going to watch the video the curious case who's out for the county clerk well they found some stuff in the voter roll and she resigned I couldn't do it this weekend because I had to spray all weekend long Saturday and Sunday both days all day because we got rain coming today I will watch I promise thanks for hanging with us today folks be blessed be praying be in welcome and fight so many